This is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Baddest Women's Council podcast, and I am super glad that you're here. Okay, I'm going to start with a reflection question for today. What if we stopped searching and started exploring? What if we stopped searching, thinking that somebody or somewhere out there was the answer to our lives' questions, and instead started exploring from the depths of our own heart, mind, soul, interests, curiosity. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, this idea of letting curiosity be a key aspect of your career. And today, I couldn't be more excited to share this interview with you with Kelly Gordon, who exemplifies this in just big, bold, beautiful ways. And just to give you a little preview, so Kelly quit school in the ninth grade, went on to get her master's degree in chemistry, you know, as you do, (laughs) and today is the captain of a 75-foot motor yacht, which is a corporate boat in Chicago. Her and her first mate, Gianna, have recently made two trips from Florida to Chicago through the river systems. Now, just let me just pause for a minute on that. We're talking a tedious trip that takes guts and skill. And they've done it not just once, but twice twice because the word spread after they had done it the first time that they had done this with such skill and such precision not to damage the boats the boat that they were asked to do it again and I believe that that's the example that I want this episode to set that when we're curious and, and go out and do things and figure it out. It's that act of figuring it out that gives us confidence. And the more that we try things and the more that we figure it out, the more confident we are in ourselves. And the more confident we are in ourselves, we then evoke that sense of confidence so that others can be more confident in us. But it starts with that act of curiosity to jump out there and just try it. And I know this interview is going to inspire you. I'm not coming down. I don't even know if we've got time to tell all the things that you've done. But you grew up north of Indianapolis in a tiny town. And your life has had a really interesting just what I call kind of that breadcrumb trail of discovery. You've tried a lot of things and done a lot of things and just been curious enough to follow your interest around. Tell, just give us a snapshot of your story. You know, I think um, it seems like growing up as kids, it's almost kind of like you're raised to, to, you go to school, um, you graduate, you go to college, you get a job and that's it. And I, we were raised, uh, there's me and my sister, we have a little brother and us three were raised by a mom that you can do 
anything you want to do, be anything you want to be. And, you know, when I was little, I remember one minute I said I wanted to be an astronaut and my mom said, well, that's fine, but you're going to figure out, have to figure out how to get past your flight sickness issues. And I was like, okay, well, I will. And then the next minute I wanted to be a firefighter and the next minute I wanted to be the trash truck driver. So we were all three fortunate to have a mom that said, you can be or do whatever you want to do and fostered that, that curiosity. And I don't, I think from the beginning, we never really got pigeonholed into that sense of, I mean, yeah, mom wanted us to, to um, go to school, go to college and, and of course, you know, get a job. But I was always very curious from the beginning and um, going through school, um, I always knew what I wanted to be. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a veterinarian. And, um, but as I got into my, my ninth grade year, I, I got tired of school and um, I actually quit. And um, I made up for it by getting my master's degree in chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pause. Let's just pause. Because that's what I love about your story is it illustrates what I have been trying to share with the world as much as possible is we put so much emphasis on grades and completion and checking boxes on things that aren't necessarily a indication of future success. And in your story is a perfect example of that. You know, I can just imagine if you wouldn't have had the kind of mom that you had, that would have freaked out most parents. Oh my gosh, she's quitting school in ninth grade. And it had nothing to do with your intelligence or your drive or your desires. You went on to get your master's degree in chemistry for God's sakes. It's not well, even. Exactly. And I, and I look back on it now and I say, you know, that if I look back and say, what was the smartest move my mom made with me? It was letting me drop out because she's, the interest wasn't there. The intrigue was not there for me. So going back to that curiosity, I needed, I needed something constantly challenging me something constantly driving me and school wasn't doing it for me. So mom said, all right, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to run the horse boarding facility. So I did. You're, in, you're a freshman in high school. Yeah. So I did. Okay. <laughs> and she did. So I did that. And then, and this goes, this goes to where it goes to the curiosity and it, and it goes to the, um, my mom saying, all right, you can, you can do and be whatever you want. And I did that for a while and it was successful. And, um, I welded for a while and, um, ran, you know, the tractors on the farm for a while. And then finally I said, okay, well, you know, maybe I should go back to college and college challenged me and college provided me with that curiosity. And so then I said, all right, you know, I, I want to go to vet school. I got into vet school. I didn't go. Um, and so this is where things took a little bit of a turn for me. And I decided to go to grad school out in North Carolina. Um, actually, maybe a little bit of it's my sister's fault. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't leave the state of Indiana, fly or see the ocean until I was 23 years old. And as I was graduating from undergrad, Brandy said to me, um, that's my sister. 
what do you want for your graduation present? And I said, oh, I want to see the ocean. Well, I was just joking. And little did I know, she took me to Cancun. So I got to do everything at once. Leave Indiana, fly and see the ocean. Well, I've always been a water bug, always. And so after that, I, I kind of took a little bit of a detour and decided to go get my master's degree in chemistry and went to North Carolina. And um, so that's when I found the ocean. And that's when I found motor yachts. But I did something else before I found motor yachts. So going from not really liking uh, school, then I became a chemistry professor. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Makes it's, perfect sense. But that's what I love about this story and why I think more of these types of stories need to be told is this is an okay way. This is a great way to do life. It's not that you did it wrong. You just did it different. You did it your way. Yeah. And I, I did it my way and the road, but I mean, without tooting my own horn, I've been successful at it. You know, I've always been able to pay my bills. I've always been an upstanding citizen. I've always um, made a good wage. Um, I don't think that's how you define happiness, which is a whole nother podcast, but Amen, sister. Um, but I'm happy. And um, I, I just think so many young adults get pigeonholed into um, you have to pick one way, you have to go to college, you have to pick this one career and, and you have to do that. And you, there's no one exact way of doing life. And I, was, I had such a curiosity and I think a lot of people um, stifle that curiosity or somewhere along the way, something happens and it gets snuffed out. And mine never did. And sometimes I, sometimes I find the opposite. I'm like, okay, rein it in, Kelly. You know, settle down a little bit. Um, so no, you're right. There's there's not a an exact prescription for life. And if anything, um, Gianna, my mate, she since she's my mate, she gets a lot of questions. Are you going to get your captain's license? And she may. But I really don't think she wants to. And then in fact, she's told me, she's come to me and she said, do I have to get my captain's license? And I said, no, you don't. I said, you're at the top of your department. It's called the deck department. And I said, you're at the top there and you can stop there. I said, there's no, there's no, there's not, you don't have to take and follow a certain path because somebody says, or the rule book says, this is the way that you're supposed to go. And and she's getting right now, she's 22. A lot of people are asking her, well, what are you going to do? If you're not going to go to the top and be a captain, what are you going to do? And she comes to me with, I think, probably my teaching background and everything like that. You know, and she says, do I need to know? And I'm like, hell no, you don't need to know. We I mean, have done such a disservice to our youth in the gen last few generations of the pressure the anxiety that it creates for them to think they have to know what they're going to do. I watched it with my daughter who's 19. The pressure started when they're like 15. What are you going to do? What are you going to be? Where are you going to go? And it's like, my God, their brains aren't even fully developed. And at 22, why would she ever need to decide the rest of her life at 22? Well, exactly. I, well, and I joke with her and I tell her, I'm like, I'm like, gee, I'm like, no, you don't need to know what, what where you're going to go or what you're going to do. I said, hell, I don't even know what I'm going to be when I grow up. 
(laughs) And I'm a lot older than all of you. Same. I'm still exploring too. Exactly. So, so allow, I think this curiosity should be fostered and I don't think we should be pigeonholed into just one career. And um, so yes, yes, yes. And yes. Because you don't start over. That's the other thing that I always encourage people to, to recognize is, is, you know, one of the things that I love about your story is you, you talk about how driving tractors on the farm in rural Indiana helped you to be confident and almost kind of jump into being the captain of a, of a huge yacht, right? You were comfortable behind machinery. Like that's an example of experience that you used moving forward. There's experience that you got doing all the things that you did before you got to this place that you're using probably in some way to do what you're doing now. We don't, we don't just because the career is different doesn't mean you start over. We as humans have all of the built up experience and lessons that we've learned. And we carry that into the next place that we go. You're so right because yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I said when I first stepped foot on on a motor yacht. Was I looked at, at the captain at the time and I and I said in my curiosity and in my drive, I, I said I, I want to learn how to do this. I, I didn't I didn't know bow from stern. I didn't know port from starboard. And I said I want to know how to do this. And I looked at him and I said I can do this. And he goes you think so, huh? And I said, yeah, it's just like driving a tractor. And he says, all right, we'll come back tomorrow. And I'm going, oh my God, what have I just got myself into, you know? And, and it just went from there, but you, yeah, you take previous life experience. So it was my, my, I wasn't afraid of heavy equipment. It was my hand-eye coordination that I developed from stuff like that, that I could translate to that or take, what I do now, I deal with different groups of guests from different um, affluence every day, all day long. But my my experience standing up in a lecture hall in front of hundreds of students for three hours at a time and yapping about chemistry is what allows me to face them without any fear whatsoever, you know, and tell them when they step foot on the boat here's where we're going to go. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the safety things. Here's the do's and the don'ts, you know, Mm -hmm. and not be afraid of it, you know? So you're right. It's, you're not really, yeah. So when you do change careers, so to speak, you're not really changing career. You're just taking a detour. And I think that's where we've gotten it completely wrong recently in the last couple of decades is that we believe that our career is our identity. And I believe that we are living a human story that our careers are a part of. So there may be, you know, there's the chemistry chapter in your life. There's the um, boat captain chapter in your life. I think our stories have chapters, but we are not our jobs. And, And I learned that the hard way because when I left a career that I was wildly successful in, I had a little bit of an identity crisis on my last day because I had chosen to leave to start my own business. But all of a sudden I was like, I don't know how to introduce myself. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have a title. I wasn't a part of this big international brand company. I didn't even have a business card. I had this weird, like, who am I without that? And I knew right then that I had to start stewarding this conversation that people are afraid to leave jobs that they're even not really satisfied in 
because of that unmoored feeling of not being attached to a career or a company or a brand. I think when we, when we do that, we limit so much about ourselves and what we're really curious about trying. Oh, well, and I think that's so true. And, you know, my current boss asked me, he said, you know, I think he was trying to get an idea how long I was going to be around for, but he said, he's, I can't blame him, but he said, he said, how long are you going to do this for Kelly? And I looked at him and I said, till it isn't fun anymore. That's always my response. That's so funny. Yes. And I'm like, until it's not fun anymore. I mean, what, why would you stick around for, for, you know, and I did longer stints. I did a 10 year career and then a 19 year career, but the job changed so dramatically over that 10 years doing different things and working with different clients that I stayed, it was still fun. But the minute it started to wane and wasn't fun anymore, I was like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta go. And, and people said to me, you're leaving a career with a really great company that you've been wildly successful at making tons of money. You're leaving. And I'm like, yeah, it's not fun anymore. Yep. I was bored. It's like, I, I got to go do something else. And I think, I think going back to that, what defines happiness, I think so many more people would be happy if, if they, instead of maybe chasing the dollars, if they fostered that curiosity mm-hmm. within their, within themselves, you know, um, and you said this, you've been successful in these various things that you've done because you're interested in it, because you want to learn it. And, and when we engage our brains in a way that we want to learn what we're doing, you by nature are better at it. And then you likely are going to be paid well for it because you're really invested in it and love doing it. And I think there's that, you know, I remember there was a book like in the seventies called do what you love and the money will follow or something like that. And that phrase always sticks in my head that why would I want to live out massive numbers of years in my life doing something I didn't like or love or wasn't curious about just for a paycheck? Like, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. I think you have the opportunity to make really good money doing really interesting work if you let yourself be curious about it. Oh, I agree. And, and if you find a job that maybe it doesn't, it doesn't pay exactly what you want, well then adjust your lifestyle a little bit so that you can have the job that makes you yeah. smile a little bit bigger every day. Amen. Amen. So <laughs> tell a little bit of that story about, so you said to the guy, I want to do this. And he said, come back tomorrow, oh, yeah. come back the next day. And he teaches you how? Well, so yeah. So we leave the dock. We, it's just he and I on the boat and um, he's an owner operator and it's an 80 foot motor yacht. And so we leave the dock and I know nothing and I'm nervous because I'm like, great. Now I, now, you know, open mouth insert. Flip. <laughs> and um, so we're, we get underway and we're, go, we go out into this big open area. It's called a turning basin. And it's a, it's a big open area where uh, like container ships can come in and maneuver. And so you're not going to hit anything. The water's plenty deep, that kind of thing. And, and we're up on the top of the boat and um, he goes to leave the helm and he leaves me up there by myself. And I'm like, wait a minute, where are you going? And he says, well, you said you could drive the thing. So drive it. I was like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? So I had watched him enough the day before 
So I, I grabbed the controls and, uh, you know, I obviously didn't give it any juice. I didn't want it to go fast, but um, so I grabbed the controls and I started maneuvering it around a little bit. And he eventually came back up after, uh, you know, up to the top to, to actually start helping me and instructing me and, and stuff like that. And I think he saw, well, I know he did. We talked about it later on. He just, he saw my curiosity and he saw my, my, my want and my drive and my eagerness to learn. And um, he just kind of took me under his wing. And um, I, I always, I tell him now, I still talk to him. I tell him now, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be where I am. And he says, no, I just gave you the tools and you used them. And, Ooh, it, and it that's good. you know, and then, you know, and just being bold and brave enough to do something, having, having confidence in yourself. Um, again, this goes back to my mom saying, you can do whatever you want. I remember him saying to me, he says, well, I bought the boat. I wanted to start a charter company. And I said, oh, okay. And um, he says, well, what do you think about starting a charter company? And I'm like, oh, I'll do it. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the second day that you've been on a yacht and you yeah, have like, now learned to drive it and you've committed to starting I'm a like, company. Well, what's a charter company do? <laughs> I look back at this guy and I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? Because there's no other yacht owner on the face of this planet that would let a girl, you know, like learn on their 80 foot motor yacht. And no other guy on the face of this planet would, that would just give her the reins to starting the charter company. So I didn't know where to start. So I was like, okay, well, I'll start the charter company, but uh, do you mind helping me? <laughs> And he's like, well, there's a charter boat show going on in the BVI. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we go? And he's like, mm, no, I don't want to go. You can go yourself and take care of it yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, are you sending me there by myself? <laughs> so I go down there around all these massive charter yachts and these crew and these agents that like know everything about the industry. And I'm trying to act like I know something, but I, I just learned about from Stern the other day. I mean, <laughs> but, you, but you know, another aspect of this that is really, really important is confidence. When you have confidence in yourself, people feel that. Well, and, they do. And, and I'm sure he was like, she's confident. She'll figure it out. And that's the, that's the truth. You do figure it out. I was just getting ready to say that. I was I was just getting ready to say you took the words right out of my mouth. He would always say, she'll figure it out. And and as time went along, he got to where he would say uh, to other business folk or just to other people or friends or whatever, he's like, if you want to get something done, give it to Kelly. And I mean, and that and that's just kind of where it went. And um and we did. I mean, we grew the charter company and 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 I I went past him and my yacht handling and I, um, it's funny. We talk now. Um, <laughs> that is funny. He, um, he, I, I gotta give him credit though. He's, he's one hell of a, um, an ocean navigator. He sailed around the world solo. So he's got an amazing ability, but, um, I will say, and I can say it now with again, confidence that, uh, my ability to maneuver a, a motor yacht is better than his. Um, and, uh, he'll agree, <laughs> but, um, so, but again, if it wasn't for him, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, and he took me under his wing and, and allowed me that opportunity. And, 
you know, so he, he taught me what he knew um, about the industry and I ran with it. And then everybody, everybody that I ran into going back to feeling that confidence, um, everybody that I came in contact with was so supportive and so willing to help. Um, I just, every, I think everywhere I went, I had a great support system, you know. I, like you, had parents who didn't mandate or dictate what I did. And, and I said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, they asked me kind of what was the, I don't know how it was phrased, secret to my success or something, I don't know, something weird like that. And I said, one of the biggest gifts I know now is that my parents didn't saddle me with expectations. They just let me figure it out. And when I think about the number of clients that I coach, these are executives, these are, you know, they've got great careers, but there's still this sense of some lacking confidence. And I think when we don't allow in our youth to figure stuff out, we miss out on an opportunity to build that kind of confidence in ourselves because we all have unique gifts, talents, and abilities. It's just, where am I going to choose to use those? And the more confident I am in my abilities and my ability to figure stuff out, then I'm going to be more courageous to follow some of that curiosity and try some stuff. And I think often what holds us back from doing that is just that uncertainty and that lack of confidence in our own ability to figure stuff out. So where does that come from then? I mean, does it, does it come from within? Does it come from your parents? Is it, is it just an innate character? Um, yes. I think it's a mixture yes, yes, of all yeah. those things, yes. right? And so some got more of one thing or the other. It's some have, you know, my son's a songwriter. My daughter's an artist. My, I, I'm a writer. So I think we all have something that we're good at. You, you obviously are good at the linear thinking of chemistry and figuring out how to put things together into formulas. And things. like, we all have these things that we just think go to this one career. And I'm, I'm of the belief that you can take those gifts and talents and use them in a lot of different ways, but you have to be able to see them as gifts, talents, and abilities. When we only see like our career or our title or our industry as who we are, then we've just limited all the ways that we could use that gift and talent. Like there's a million ways that I could use the things that I'm good at. Right now I'm using it to be an executive coach and I'm a keynote speaker. I'm doing the podcast, but I could use these gifts and talents that I have in another way, just like you've been able to do. And I don't think we've been given the permission or the expectation that that's okay because school taught us that there are right and wrong answers. And that's not true. There are a lot of right answers for most of the human challenges that we have but we believe that there's a right way and a wrong way. And you don't want to explore the way that everybody else hasn't done. Cause what if it doesn't work out? Or maybe the, you're not taught how to, to, if you have a characteristic about yourself, that's maybe um, deemed as less than ideal. You're not taught how to channel that um, in a good direction. So I can, I can name three people off the top of my head that are very type a and are, um, high anxiety and that would be myself it'd be my sister's oldest and it would be the guy that taught me to run boats 
Um, and I got this piece of wisdom from him because, you know, us three all run very high anxiety, but it's also being that type A personality. And I had this conversation with JC, my sister's oldest, after he had this conversation with me many years ago was that high anxiety that people uh, say that you need to get a hold of and is bad. Um, no, learn how to channel it. Um, learn how to utilize it. You know, I told JC, I said, you take that anxiety and you utilize that anxiety at her point in life to get those good straight A's to get where you want to go. She wants to go to veterinary school. Um, you know, like, you know, kind of going in the direction that I went. I said, so use that anxiety, you know, to make sure that you study hard and you get those good grades, you know, where, where Dan explained to me, he said, you know, I used that anxiety to make sure that I double checked and triple checked my navigational plan when I was sailing around the world. And he said, that's why I made it back in one piece without any accidents. I used that same, um, I call it my neuroses. My, <laughs> I use that same, I use that same anxiety, um, double checking, triple checking my navig navigational plan, waking up at two o'clock in the morning where I'm stressing and I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to be awake at two o'clock in the morning, go ahead and look over your charts for the fifth or sixth time. And I think that's why, let me just, let me, that's a good segue into one of the most recent trips that I'm proud of that Gianna and I just made as female crew, along with Shane, we can't forget Shane, he came along <laughs> as our chef or bodyguard or third mate, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I utilized that anxiety to, to triple check, double check five and six times, check my navigational plan to go from from the bottom of the country to the top of the country and to, to and through the, some of the nastiest rivers, the Mississippi River being one of them. And, um, and, and we did it as a female crew and we got a lot of looks along the way. And um, it wasn't that we just did it one time, we did it back to back. Twice. Um, we got here to, and I say here being Chicago, and you know we're back in the boat end and there's a guy there that I'm Gianna and I are looking at each other going do we know him and he's saying hey um can you go back down and bring another boat back up and we're like why and we're like well you know that guy messed up and he ran aground and Benny's props up and we heard you guys made it up here successfully without having any any insult to injury and I'm like wow you know that was that was because you were the one that was up in, at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., checking all the, yes. yeah. 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 So take those, what some may say are negative attributes of yeah. my anxiety or whatever, channel them in a positive way. And I, you know, I've, I've learned how to do that now. And so I do. I know that my eyeballs are going to pop open at 2 a.m. every morning on the dot. They just. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do go back to sleep? I do. I do. And okay. I get my best sleep in between four and six. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but I, so I, I, I don't fight it anymore. I utilize it. You know, we're actually getting ready to do that river trip again. 
Um, and it's, it's so we've been asked for the third time now to do this river trip. The guy called me up and he's like, hey, I heard you guys did back to back. She did it safely with that incident. He said, I want to take my boat down. He's like, can you take it down with the same team? So us girls are going back down again. So it'll be a girl boat with chain and tow again. And um, so, you know, it and, and it was so it was a cool trip. You know, I mean, going into the being a female captain in a male dominated industry. And it seems like everything I've done has been in a male dominated field. I was a welder, I was a scientist. I mean, there's not many female chemists running around. There's not many female welders running around or captains. And, um, you know, when I've always gotten looks as a female captain um, and I, I don't know I don't know what those looks are sometimes they're they're I don't know if they're coming out looking to see if the female is going to bash into the dock when she's coming to the dock or if they're looking going with just is that a girl running the boat but at any rate coming up the river system um it was kind of cool because people started asking for pictures of us people asking for our phone numbers people asking oh I wonder if the captain will talk to us and that's when I was like wow I I got to do something with this. I don't know what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it, but um, I got to I got to share something somehow with how do I reach out to people with this confidence, this curiosity, this you don't have to follow one path in life. Um, follow your curiosity. Um, don't be afraid. You know have that confidence to go after what you want. If you want to change past three or four or five times, do it. Um, don't, don't let anybody get in your way. Don't be afraid to ask. Ironically, being in a male dominated industry, my biggest supporters have been the guys. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think I went down a rabbit hole. No, that's, I love it. Um, that's exactly the message I wanted you to, to share today. So do you think that by being in male dominated, dominated industries, it gives you the opportunity to go in curious and ask questions and that people are actually more interested in helping and supporting you than people realize they're going to be? Because that's, that's been my experience a few times where the best thing that I could be was I didn't know what I was doing. So the only option I had was to be curious and ask questions. And when you ask people for help and ask them to teach you and show you, I was surprised at how excited people got to help me. Yeah, I think they, I think they genuinely are. Um, I think I've run into um, one butthead in my career that didn't think that women should be in this industry, but um, we're still friends. Um, we laugh and we joke about it. And he openly and honestly told me that I don't think women have any place at the helm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll agree to disagree. Um, I still call him up on occasions when, you know, he lives in a different country when I'm in that country and I need his local knowledge. I still call him up and I'm like, hey, pal, I need your, you know, um, I, I need, I have a question about this or that. He'll answer it, you know, so it's not, <clears throat> it's not a bad thing that he does. Very, very cultural too. If he's from a different country, it could well, it be is. rooted it is. deeply. Yeah, it is rooted deeply. And, um, and, and we both have an agree to disagree, but he still very willingly helps me when I have a question about navigation through that area, you know, um, but 
yeah. So when I approached the guys or now, or, or when I, when I was learning so much, they were very willing. They wanted to share. Um, they wanted to share what they knew. Um, they wanted to help. Um, you know, you'd run into a couple of buttheads every now and again, but you know what, those are the ones you dismiss. And those are the ones you don't want to learn from anyways, but they were few and far between, you know, and they probably had something going on that day anyways that you I was going to say there are buttheads in every industry and in every place that you go on day to day some days I'm the butthead right I mean exactly you know <laughs> and, and 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 on some days I'm the butthead and and but you know that's when you when you run into those though you got to keep going you know and you gotta there's days that you want to quit there's days that you that that you're afraid to ask the question and you're like, oh God, I should know the answer to this question. And I'm going to feel so stupid, but I have to ask it because I don't know, you know, and you got to get up that courage, um, to ask, um, and, and, and not be afraid. And I think sometimes as women in a male dominated industry, um, we're afraid because we don't want to sound stupid or, you know, I don't know what it is, but sometimes we just, we just don't want to. And I think it's maybe we just don't want to sound dumb asking the question. Um, but, but you just have to keep pushing. You have to keep going. Um, what would you say to somebody that's listening that is in that situation right now where they they want to try something, but there there's that insecurity and uncertainty that's kind of keeping them from making the, making the jump. What would you say? What would you tell them? I visualize myself plugging my nose and, 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 and jumping off of the deep end um, of a swimming pool and just taking that plunge and going is how I do it. I'm just like, it's just like, hold your breath, plug your nose and go, just jump, just go. Just go. There would be times that I wouldn't want to go ask somebody something, or I wouldn't want to go talk to, to, to somebody on about something on maybe a bigger boat or something like that. And I would be like, okay, just do it, just do it, just do it, just count to three, just go do it. And I would go do it. And I would just get up the, it, that's a lot of self-talk. I have a lot of conversations with myself in my head. And I think that's so important. I mean, I, you can't underestimate the conversations that you have to have with yourself in your head. We are our first responder. How we talk to ourselves is the, is the first conversation we have about anything. So yes. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. It's one, of the, it's one of the things I teach my clients most is, okay, let's first learn how to talk to yourself. Then, then we'll worry about everybody else, but how yes. you talk to yourself matters the most. So yes. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't fully realize that until you just confirmed what I've always said to myself. I'm like, okay, I got to talk to myself. I got to be my cheerleader. I got to have my little pep talk. I got to I got to tell myself I can really do this. And I didn't really realize I was doing that until you just now said that, but yeah, like if we tell ourselves, oh no, you can't go talk to that owner on that big boat over there. He's not going to want to talk to you. You know, you're on a smaller boat then. Why would you tell yourself something like that? Right? Yeah. You know, I, I have this little thing that I do. I, I have personified the voice in my head. So I call her the little bitch in my head. So when she says that, don't do that, that you're not good enough to do that. You're going to look stupid. That's that inner voice. Right. And I say, she can sit beside me in the passenger seat with a seatbelt and a snack, but she doesn't get to drive because we're always going to have 
that inner voice, but we have to be able to take control of the wheel and calm her down and say, no, this is what we're doing. Like that inner dialogue is to me, the difference between those that do big, bold, beautiful things and those that don't. You're right. You're absolutely right. If we don't get a hold, because that's the first person that talks to us. And it's not thing- your friend. It's not, it's not, it's not your colleague. It's not, it's, that's the first person that talks to right you. Right here. It's a little bitch in your head. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've personified her because she will be with me until the day I die. So it's not like I can out career her or out smart her like she will always be there so she's always going to be here I'm just I just made up a little title for her and that's how she lives with me and that's how I deal with it but you know the other thing especially during COVID that I spent a lot of time talking to people about was in crisis mode how we talk to ourselves right so I I started using the first responder analogy I said you know what if you rolled up on an accident which is kind of the trauma we were all feeling when COVID first started you wouldn't roll up on an accident and say, is your report in on time? Do you have everything caught up? Was this your fault, right? You would say, are you okay? How can I help you? And I think one of the other inner dialogue things that we, especially as women, need to get better at is being loving and kind to ourselves, especially in times when things aren't going as well as we'd like for them to do. Because beating ourselves up only does more damage and, and wrecks our confidence even more. But if we can lovingly and kindly talk to ourselves like we would to that friend or that, that family member, what a difference that can make in our confidence and our courage too. I'll beat myself up all day long for making a mistake all month long, but I, I had to channel those. And I had to say, okay, well, I love to learn. There's, there's no denying that. That's why I've taken. So many- that's obvious from your career path. <laughs> I love to learn. And that's probably why I take so many forks in the road is because the, the minute that I'm not learning is it's like, okay, I got to do something different if I'm not learning. Well, so if I make a mistake, I just beat myself up so bad. Like you don't have to say anything to me. I, Cause I'm already telling myself how bad I mess up. So how I had to channel that was, well, the only way we learn and I like to learn is by messing up, by making a mistake. So if I make a mistake, the good thing out of that is I learned something new. Absolutely. You know? so, Absolutely. And our brains actually kick in when we're uncomfortable in that space of I, I messed this up, I got to fix it and figure it out. Your mm-hmm. brain actually kicks on some extra juice there to get you out of that uncomfortable spot so it's the best place to learn is when you're feeling really uncomfortable so when you say when you've got people that are that are trying to get up the courage to maybe do something to pursue an avenue or a career that they otherwise wouldn't how do you what piece of advice i guess it goes back to that you know i mean geez all that psychobabble we've been hearing about and reading about and all these books about that relationship that you have with your inner self I guess there is some truth to it after all, you know, um, you, you, you really got to have a a good relationship with yourself, but also, you know, going, one of the interviews I had last month was hit on one of the best pieces of advice I could give to somebody. You got to have a mentor in life. You got to have a support. Um, I think that's important too. I mean, yeah, you ultimately have to be your own cheerleader, but you 
you need it. You, you need a you need an external cheerleader. Well, you I, didn't realize you didn't realize you did it, but you just brought this full circle because the title of this podcast is Reflection and Connection for High Achieving Women. You can't do it alone because you can only stay in your own head for so long. You've got to have connections through mentors, strong community, people that are there to walk alongside you or, or encourage you or sometimes push you in the pool if you're not willing to jump yourself. Yes. Um, so you've got to have reflection and connection. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I had to work on the connection piece. I was raised uh, an only child on a small farm in Southeast Indiana with my older uncles on my grandparents' farm. And I was alone a lot because I was, you know, the, the little girl on the farm and everybody else was busy working and stuff. And so I got really comfortable being by myself. And so over time, and when I became a leader and, and when I became successful in sales, I learned the value of connection and I learned how important that was for my career. So I learned it through my career, but now I realize to have a high quality of life in general, we need connection. We need people in life with us um, for us to feel like we're truly thriving. People that are inherently leaders because you want to do it yourself, do it yourself, do it yourself, but you know in order to really, really, truly be good at your task or your career or your position, whatever you want to call it, you have to rely on other people. You have to have a team. Whenever I introduce Gianna to, to the group that's on the boat for the day, I'm like, she makes me look good, you know, but there's a lot of truth in that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's who you surround yourself with. It's your team. It's your connections that that um, make you go make you look good is just I, I guess just kind of a fun way of saying um, offer you that support and help you get where you're going. You yeah. know, even though she's my mate, and I'm the captain, and I I run the show. Um, it it's my it's my leadership that allows her to do her job effectively, but it's her doing her job effectively that makes me look good. It's a team thing. It really is. It's all is. intertwined. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So you have to have the connections, you know, you have to have, and you have to have the mentor. I, I still reach out to him, you know, once a week I talk to him and I'm like, I think I'm going to do this. And he'll be like, I think that's a great idea. Or I think I'm going to do this. And he'll be like, what the hell are you thinking? Um, you know, and you, you have to have that. Um, or, you know, I talked to my mom the other night for an hour and a half and I, and it was, it was time I needed a good old hour and a half mom conversation, you know? And, um, so you can't do this all by yourself. You and know? that's why I love being a coach because so many of the people I work with have tried. And when they realize that they're not meant to be do this alone and they start to share with me and we start to do things together and you just see them open up and it's it's my favorite part of my my life now is just watching them grow and watching them get excited about their life again because they're not in it alone they're not ruminating in their head about ideas they'll run it by me and like your mentor sometimes I'll go that's the craziest thing I've ever heard why are you going to do that and sometimes it's just that push in the pool or it's just saying hey try it. I'm here if it doesn't work and I'm here to cheerlead if it does. But when you, when you know, you're not alone, um, it's different. Well, and I think, 
I think people that are in leadership positions feel like, well, like being a captain is a lonely position sometimes mm -hmm. um, because you're the captain and and you're running the show and and it's a it's a boss position and it's you at the helm and and then everybody else is running the rest of the boat and then it's kind of a lonely position sometimes but i foster a different kind of an environment and i allow myself to be human i mean if i'm sad one day when the dog died and i was crying they knew it <laughs> you know i mean if i'm overly happy about something they know it since i think some leaders get stuck in their head where, oh, I've got to be this almighty strong leader that I can't let anybody else in. I can't ask for any support because that somehow has become public's view of what this strong pillar of a leader is. And it's dumb because, and then it, it dehumanizes what a leader is. And it's why we have burnout. It's why people are struggling with their, I think, mental health, even at work, because we're afraid to be humans. Yes. And I just am kind of like, I refuse to do that. I'm like, if I'm mm -hmm. having a bad day, it's okay for you to know it. If I am happy, if I'm sad, if I'm, if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. You know, I, my I least favorite thing is when people say, well, don't take it personal. I'm like, that's not a thing. Like I am a human. I am personal. We're at work, but I'm still going to take it personal because this is my life. Or yeah. when people, and when people say, well, we shouldn't get emotional about it or bring your emotions to work. I'm like, that's like saying, don't bring your arms to work. They're inconvenient. Everybody brings their emotions to work. Like that's who we are. Humans are personal, emotional, and social. End of story. You, that's just it. Or this one kind of got me one time. I, I, I had a, a fellow in this industry tell me, he's like, well, I know, I know you're putting a lot of emotion in this decision because you're a female and all. Oh. And I was like, first of all, two things here. I don't make business decisions with emotion, but second of all, I will make them as a female because newsflash, I'm a female. Am I supposed to put a penis on because I'm in a male dominated role? No. Crazy. And by the way, people make all of their buying decisions with emotion and validate them on facts. Our human brains are wired to make decision on emotion. We, they pretend, are. we pretend like, because we're at work that we, that, that's not true. Like it's, and it's actually why women are great leaders because they have the ability to connect with that empathy and, and, and bring that humanness into the team. And people have a higher level of trust for leaders that are willing to do that. And at the beginning of the season, I wanted to implement more morale day. days that we, we took the small boat out and we went and played on the small boat or days that, you know, if we just wanted, um, to lay out in the sun on the boat, which we didn't get too many days to do because we do work a lot in this industry, but I wanted to be able to connect with my crew a little bit more to know when they're burnt out or when they're in a funk or when something's going on. And um, not that, you know, not that neither you or I or I am woman hear me roar, but yeah, I do think that there is something that a woman has in a better ability to lead say, I, I want a female captain. They're like, I don't want a male captain. I prefer a female captain, you know, and the guy that mm -hmm. I, I work for, he's like, you want to get shit done? Ask Kelly, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I worked at for a guy out of New York. He's like, nope, don't hire male captains. And it, it wasn't anything creepy. It was, it was a matter of getting things done. You know, the guy that I work for now, it's interaction with the guest. Going back to that 
keep an emotion out of it. I'm like, how do you keep emotion out of it? I'm like, yeah, I know how to make a business decision, but we're human beings. How do you, how do you take emotion out of making decisions? You don't, you, you may fake it and pretend like you did, but you don't, you don't, it's not a thing. And so I, I'm passionate about bringing the personal, emotional, and social aspect back into business because when you bring it into business intentionally and use it for good, that's the way you combat burnout is you let people be humans. You give them the expectations. You give them the control, measure, optimize of the business, but you let them be humans. And humans are uncertain. We do, we have good days, bad days. Like you said, you're emotional beings. Yes. Yeah. We shouldn't walk into work every day thinking that we are a machine there to produce. We're a human there to add value and have impact and be relevant to the business, but we're not a machine to produce. That's not a thing. I, oh. I do have to say that I think it's funny that, that you and Gianna were captain and first mate and Shane was the chef. So I just think that's funny. So I had, I had, I had to get that plug in there. Somewhere. Poor so, guy. And he's getting something doing it again. <laughs> Thanks Shane for cooking the meals. And I think you do have a great message to inspire people to challenge their current way of thinking and be more curious. It's good stuff. And I'm not coming down. I told you you'd be inspired. Do you not just love her and that story? So again, as I said in the beginning, I hope this inspires you to be more curious. Be more curious about your heart's desires and learning something new and stepping out into something you've never done before with just the sheer confidence that you're just going to figure it out. Just as I was hitting record on this podcast today, I remember what it felt like just trying to figure out what buttons to push to get this damn thing to record. And it was the act of just figuring it out where I got more and more confident. No, this podcast isn't perfect. It's never going to be perfect. There's lots of things that I wish were better and different. But I love the feeling I get now when I go to record an episode knowing that I figured it out. And I think you'll find tons of confidence and inspiration in your own story when you just start stepping out to figure it out. All right, make it a great day. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, this would be a good time to do it. Share it with all your badass friends. You know, as you do. I'm not coming down. I never liked it on the ground. I'm not coming down.